for me, I miss the little things. Uh, laying in bed and, and knowing me, I was probably sleeping until two, three o'clock in the afternoon, much like my son can do from time to time. But uh, yeah, I, I could sleep forever on the weekends. And I would hear the sort of sprinkler sound, you know, the sprinklers back when they would just kind of go, the ones that would go in a circle and then go on the way back. Uh, that's the kind of um, sprinkler that my mom would put in the front yard. And you know how it would sound when it would first go on? You know, it would just sort of flood it and then it would start in. And I just, this this brings me back to living in California as well. My mom getting up probably around 5 a.m. She would get all of her chores done, really, quite early in the morning before all of us got out of bed, especially on the weekends. And she would also, in the weekdays, she would be up and she'd get up with my dad. That's something I never did. I was not a good wife that way. I never got up with my husband in the morning. And so, you know, that just never happened. But my mom, you know, this they were married in, I believe it was 1956. I could be wrong there. So this would probably be fairly early in the morning. My mom would open up the doors, the windows, get all the cool air in very early in the morning she would do the sprinkler feeling that sense of I'm in my bed I hear the birds chirping I hear mom turning on the sprinkler and then hearing that sprinkler go that do you ever have that it almost makes you tingle because you're there and, and you're completely there and then I would hear my mom and dad this would be much later in the morning, but I could still hear the sprinklers and they would be at the table and my dad would be telling her a story, probably something that happened in the week. And he would, I could hear his laughter. I can hear his storytelling and what a comforting feeling that is to hear this, you know, and, and I just let myself go there and I'm, and, and I'm almost afraid to allow myself to think about how awesome this is because I'm afraid that everything will just go and leave and it will be gone because it was more than when these when it happens it's more than just a memory I'm reliving I, I feel it in the deepest part of who I am today and I'm just there and I and I feel myself in that body at that age and feeling all of that it's really incredible and it is such a gift and I don't know why it happens. So that is definitely probably the one that I have often and I just let myself go there. And the other ones that I that I get from time to time are really, I don't even think I can explain them other than all of a sudden I feel like I did in this moment when I was younger, when my parents were still alive and, and I really can't even take you there because it, it, I'm not even sure it def, it signifies a specific memory or sounds of memories. It's just this feeling that I get, and I, and I don't know. It, it's really bizarre, <laughs> and and yet it, it is a it is extremely comforting. Uh, and so I'm really curious to find out, you know, if you guys can relate to that, and what sort of memories do you transcend into? You know, when you're in this sort of limbo place. 
One theory that I've heard is if you, well, this may not be, I don't really think this relates to, to these sort of, um, and I, and I want to say they're memories. They, they are memories, but they're more sort of engaging the senses and it's not so much you're reliving a moment as it is. Oh gosh, you know, I really should have come up with some better adjectives before I decided to do this podcast. And so for that, I'm sorry. I think if you probably have had these, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, you're struggling and getting very frustrated with me. But the one of the things that I have read many, many times, and this isn't associated with these, this is more associated, I think, with a feeling of grief, perhaps. I think they touched on this quite heavily in The Sixth Sense, the movie The Sixth Sense. I've only watched that movie once because that's all I can put myself through. It's very good, but it was really disturbing to me and it didn't make me feel very good inside. So I I tend not to rewatch those movies, even if they are good. But, um, and that is when you really are overwhelmed with grief, that is supposedly when your loved one is there with you and they're visiting you um, and that is what I've heard. And so in The Sixth Sense, the movie, the mom is just overwhelmed with grief and her son is right there with her. Of course, he's crossed over, but, uh, and that is kind of a sad thing. I'm not sure I agree with that. And I don't like that because why would, I don't know. I, I don't like the thought of making your children miserable if you want to just pop in and see how they're doing, you know? And so it would make you want to stay away. And if that is something that happens, I know for a fact, my mother would not put us through that. And so then she would just stay away and not um, come in and check in on us. And I want to know and feel good about the fact that um, that is not a miserable experience for either one of us if she decides to pop in and see how we're all doing. And I know she would want to do that. But on the other hand, my goodness, isn't that selfish? If there is, if there is another place that, that we all go to and it would, you know, I don't, my dad had a theory. I loved, I loved this theory and uh, he was a thinker. My dad was a thinker, definitely full on and the, the most intelligent man I think I've ever known. And he would say, you're ridiculous. He always thought, he'd even call himself stupid. I think people who are really intelligent, they realize how much more they don't know. You know, the more you learn, the more you realize you need to learn more. So he was just um, ravenous with knowledge and wanting to learn everything and anything. And he was a historian at heart and uh, all things history. He, anyway, I could go on and on. He, But, um, and now because of my 55-year-old brain, I don't remember what it was I was talking about. Give me a moment. Oh, yeah. So my dad believed that there are these parallel universes, more or less. And, and, and when you leave one, you just sort of roll over into another one that's going on. And um, so he always said that, you know, he knows that when he goes, he's just gonna take off and go, you know, he's just gonna roll right into this other universe without even realizing it, this parallel life he has, and it's gonna be great. And he's just gonna be, you know, just living with mom and 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 you know, whatever that that is, very similar. I don't know. He 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 probably went in great big detail and at the time I'm too busy to listen, which 
is stupid, but uh, so yeah. And he, he was just excited about it in a way. <laughs> and this was before he started kind of uh, getting a little bit of dimension, all that when he was very, very with it. And uh, yeah, he's like, yeah, it's going to be great. You know, I'm just going to just wake up someday in that bed and not realize that I'm not, I've never been, I have not really lived in this one, but it's, there I am. It just goes over and over again. That That's kind of a, a comforting thought for the people who are left behind if they really believe that, um, you know, and you're just like, okay, good dad, you know, you're, you're doing it. Uh, anyway, my mom, however, was, I would say very much, uh, well, I, I would say maybe she was an atheist. She, well, I don't know if I'd go that far. She just didn't believe that anything happened to you when you died. When you died, it's black, done, you're done. That's it, nothing else. And that is definitely not a very comforting thought for those left behind to the, that for that one, you know, that's that's died. And you want to know that they're, they're happy and they're moving on. I will say that um, the look on my mom's face when she did pass away was angelic. It was crazy. Um, she, she had a smile. She looked like a saint. She really did. And she had a smile on her face and a sense of total peace. So it must have just happened when we woke up and went in. She, it was a hospice situation with my mom. My sister and I were there and, um, yeah, it, it, we were stunned. It, it took us back. Um, and we just had to look at her for a while before we unfortunately had to tell my dad who was in the other room sleeping. But um, again, I didn't want this to be depressing, <laughs> uh, but, but it is something that as you, if you're, if you are lucky enough to not have, to have had lost your parents in a, in a much younger era in your life, I've been fortunate and am fortunate that I didn't lose either one of my parents when I was very young. You know, I, we lost my mom 10 years ago, so I was 45, too young for me. That's for sure. And too young for her. She wasn't ready for that. And then uh, my dad, we lost him in 2015. I can't believe it's been almost six years ago, five five or so years ago. Um, so, you know, I was 50 around there when my dad passed away. And, you know, a lot of people lose their parents when they need them really the most, you know, when you're growing and um, you really need to have, have your parentals around. So... Uh, but but the thing is, is that no matter what your age is, it's still hard. It's really hard, especially if you're close to your parents. And I was extremely close to my parents. Our lives revolved around them and their lives revolved around us. So this is, to me, the hardest part about being the age I am and, and being around middle-aged and beyond is that you you see your parents get old and struggle and because you know aging is hard <laughs> and um so that's what i am not looking forward to and i hope my my kids don't have to go through similar things that that i had to go through watching my parents age um it's very very difficult and i'm sure it was very very difficult for them in ways that we will never understand until we get there <laughs> So um, that is, to me, the absolute hardest part of getting older and being a Generation X or almost a baby boomer. Okay, I, I, I said I wasn't going to make this a depressing thing. 
<laughs> However, I do want to mention that um, one of the coolest things in ever. So my dad used to say that if he were to be reincarnated, he would come back as an eagle. Now you're going to think I'm making this up, but I 100% am not making this up. And he's like, if you're going to come back, I mean, come on, that's what you got to be, you know? You got to be the, the the king of birds here. And he just would describe how cool it would be to soar around and what an amazing thing. And then they moved to uh, an apartment that overlooked the Puget Sound in Gig Harbor. And he was gifted these really awesome binoculars by one of my sisters one day. It had to have been for his birthday, perhaps, I'm thinking, or maybe Father's Day. And so he would put them really close to, they had a big, long, you know, stretch of windows and sliding glass doors. And he could see right over, just right into the Puget Sound. Beautiful, beautiful view. And he would have those because from time to time an eagle would, would come and he would he would look at it. And, and um, it was awesome. And if we came and visited, he would say, man, you know, I saw it and he would explain. And, you know, he said it was doing this and it was great. And um, anyway, he used to say, you know, if I, if there is reincarnation, even just for a very short time, I would, I would, I would just, I'd have to be an eagle. You guys, this gives me the goosebumps. But when uh, I came home and, and uh, my dad died in the hospital and I came home and, and told my, you know, they knew. So at that, that same day I was on the back porch. It was a deck actually. And I was, I was out there, and I kid you not, an eagle, you know, it's not very often, you know, you, you sight an eagle. And an eagle was soaring kind of a little high, and I'm like, is that, is that an eagle? And it was. And then it kept getting lower and circling, and lower and circling right above our yard. I kid you not. And I knew, I'm like, that is, that's dad that's dad and I just watched it and watched it I just couldn't leave I was I was completely frozen just just looking at this and taking it in and then it just kept and then it finally went away um and then I I told everybody and they're like yep that that was poppy just I believe within the same week it, it, there wasn't a lot of time that went by then there were two eagles two eagles that were flying and um I was like, I wonder if that's Nani. <laughs> Maybe Poppy talked Nani into doing this and circling around and checking in on us. They each, it took my dad a while, but um, I know that after I lost my mom, she would, if you believe in this, she would visit me a lot in the in my dreams. And my daughter, Jessanne, was in going to Dartmouth over in New Hampshire at the time. And she was not able to come and say goodbye to Nani. I remember the very first dream I had with my mom, and this is so her, she was in the car with me. And for some reason, many, if not almost, almost all, but just a couple of the dreams I had with my mom, we were in a car. <laughs> and this one, she was sitting in the passenger side and I was driving and no, the first one I had, I was in the passenger side. We were in a car. She was in the back. And she asked us, "Is did Jessanne make it home safe? 
did she make it home? She was, and that's my mom, very concerned about her grandkids. And I said, yes, mom, yes. And I knew that it wasn't, a, that it was a dream. I knew it was a dream. And I knew my mom needed to be consoled that yes, she did. And she's fine. And she made it safe. And it was these little clips, sort of, these were the sort of the dreams that she would, you know, come in and, and do that. And the other one that happened in the car was that she would, she was in the passenger side, I believe I was in the driver's side, and I remember her being angry, and she just, not a lot of things were said other than uh, she did say uh, the worrying, and she would just, because my mom was a worrier, she worried about everything, and I got that from her. And she was just, I could, you know, her, her little, her lips would purse, and she was just, and she'd shake her head, and she just kept saying, the worrying, you know, just the worrying, because I knew what she was trying to get across, which was all of the worrying we do is so unnecessary. It's just not worth it. And um, so that was a little one as well. My dad was very angry. I really picked this up when he, and I'm not going to go into kind of why, because it would make me extremely emotional, but uh, he was angry. He was angry and he was angry at me as well. Um, if not entirely, uh, but I, and so he, um, I feel like I do need to explain a little bit, but at one, he was sedated and was in the hospital and he would come out of it and, um, he, he really tried everything in the world. And I know how this feels. It's an awful feeling when you're sedated and you can't speak and you want to ask a question and that's what he was doing. And so he finally got it out. He said, Why? He said it once, why? And I said, dad, and I explained it to him. I said, dad, for some reason, you're not able to sustain your oxygen and they don't know why. And um, he knew he knew that that was a semi-truth and, and he's right. It was a semi-truth. And uh, anyway, I just feel like he, anyway. So the very first dream I had, and I, I haven't had a lot with him, which is, you know, he, he and I were extremely, very, very, really close but um he was in bed he was on he was sitting on the the edge of his bed and my mom was behind him sleeping behind him her head on the pillow under the covers and he had the blankets off and he was sitting on the edge of his bed and I was there and I was standing in front of him and he asked me he said where you know what where am I what's going on and I told him, I said, Dad, I said, you, you've passed away. You're, you're not alive anymore. And he looked at me and I said, but look, and I pointed to mom. And um, he turned around and I kind of gave a grin like, yep, you know, look, look, look what you get here. And he smiled and like, okay. And he was immediately like so excited. And that was it. And that was that. It was like um, he needed to know what what happened. And um, so it's interesting. If this is all, you know, more than likely, all of this is me. All of it is me in my head trying to work this out. The grief, trying to, to sort of work it out. And this is how the brain helps you to deal with it. I was unable to really tell him what was going on when he asked me in real life why so maybe in my head i had to solve that and i had to be the one to tell him 
you know, dad, you die, but look, you're with mom now. And that somehow made me feel better. Because <laughs> I really, you know, that's, that's more than likely like what all of this is. As for the eagle thing, I, that's almost unexplainable. I think that is the coincidence of a lifetime, really. And I've heard these stories over and over again by other people, people I don't know, and even people I do know that have had these very similar connections that, that really are unexplainable. All right, guys, I, I am going to leave you for this one. Hope you didn't find this too awful depressing. Uh, it, it is a, it is a something that we baby boomers, generation Xers in this, this age, we, we have to deal with and it's not fun, but it's life. All right. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening.